Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by the one and only father of this program, the one and only Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. What it do, what it be, que pasa? Que pasa? Orle. Orle. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for listening and tuning in. Um, as you know, we are on Twitter at the FF Fathers. This is the playoffs late game window and starts of the week episode for week 15. And the playoffs have started um, with the game that happened this evening. The 49ers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. The 49ers got the win. Looked pretty dominant. The defense dominant um, throughout the entire game. And George Kittle put up a big game for fantasy players. If you had him in your starting lineup, which you probably did. Christian McCaffrey, another big game. Um, and the Niners are on a roll. Yes, sir. Brandon Ayuk shit the bed, so fuck me, right? Of course. Um, I will say also with the 49ers winning, Packers playoff chances increased to 66%. Just got to win out. Yeah, nice. Did they tell you that the shareholders meeting? Nobody (laughs) nobody cares. There's an email sent out to everyone as soon as the game ended. All the owners. Um, Today, we're going over all the late window games um, and all those matchups, giving you our starts and sits for every single matchup, and then doing our starts of the week um, after that. So if you're looking for any of the games that will be happening um, Saturday, I guess, um, that is on the previous episode. Um, So go check that one out. And Sunday morning. If you're looking for those matchups. Saturday and Sunday Sunday morning. morning. Um, what else? Anything else before we get started with our first matchup? Follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Like and subscribe wherever <laughs> you're listening. Five stars. You know the fucking deal if you've been listening. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, all right. Let's get into the matchups then. The very first matchup here is the Cardinals taking on the Broncos in Denver. Uh, the Broncos are three point favorites. The over under is 36 points. So very uh, low over under here, which is Gross. to be, yeah, it's to be expected with you know Colt McCoy and the ghost of Russell Wilson slash maybe Brett Rippon um, leading oh. both teams. So um, as we all expected, Kyler Murray, yes, diagnosed with the torn ACL, he's done for this season. Uh, Colt McCoy is one hundred percent the starting quarterback, but also dealing with a neck injury himself but the team expects him to start on Sunday. Um, Really, for fantasy purposes, it comes down to, on the Cardinals side, these wide receiver options and James Conner, how confident you are in starting them with Colt McCoy at the helm. I will say Hollywood was diagnosed with an illness um, on Thursday and did not practice um, today. So um, the game is also obviously a Sunday afternoon kickoff, which makes it, a little sketchy given that, you know, there's six teams playing on, on Saturday and then uh, the Sunday morning games as well. If you do decide to start him and he ends up not being available, your options become very limited. So 
right now, as far as DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown go, are you starting either one of those guys or are you looking for other options? So if Colt McCoy does play, DeAndre Hopkins is still a good option. You know, the three weeks that Colt McCoy played, which is week 10, 11, and 14, DeAndre Hopkins had pretty solid games, you know, putting up starting numbers in all of them, but last week, but last week his numbers would have been worthy if he didn't fumble at the end of the game. Uh, Hollywood Brown's a little different with me. He hasn't played with Colt McCoy uh, besides last week, and it was pretty rough. He played all the snaps, had eight targets, only four catches for 34 yards. So I'm confident in DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he's quarterback proof at this point. Hollywood Brown, I'd be pretty iffy on. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I would be starting DeAndre Hopkins and and sitting Hollywood Brown. Um, I do have one league where I am having to make that decision between Hollywood and uh, Michael Pittman, and I'm definitely going Pittman over Hollywood uh, this week, especially with the illness popping up. Um, and to your point, him just not having the familiarity with, with Colt McCoy. But uh, Colt does hyper-target DeAndre Hopkins, which he should. Um, so uh, I, I look for DeAndre Hopkins to have a lot of targets this week, um, whether Hollywood's in or out, but especially if he's out. Um, James Conner, yeah, I think he's startable. Um, you know, even though the Broncos' defense is tough, very, very good defense, um, you know, this team is going to have to rely on James Conner, I think, you know, uh, to, to help McCoy out a lot, um, not only in the running game, but hopefully he gets some dump offs from Colt McCoy as well. So I'd be starting James Conner. Oh, he did get a shit ton of dump offs last week from Colt McCoy, six catches for 29 yards, yeah. seven targets. So yeah. And even if it wasn't Colt McCoy, James Conner still worth starting. The Broncos are, uh, you know, they're a solid defense against the run. It's no question. But when James Conner was injured for three weeks from like week six to eight, He's come back and been an RB1 since. You know, he's had a couple 20-point games, an 18-point game. His worst game you know, in the last five games is 8.9 points, which is pretty bad, but honestly, still a startable running back in today's landscape. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson did not practice on Wednesday um, after sustaining a concussion against the Chiefs. I don't think he practiced today either. Uh it's sounding like he's very unlikely to play and Brett Rippon will be the starter with Russ out. Um, in my opinion on this side of the ball, I mean, it's Latavius Murray and, and really, and Greg D those are the only two that I'm, I'm willing to start. Who and Greg D I didn't hear the first part. I was reading something. Latavius Murray. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Those are two guys I definitely would ride with Brett Rippon. Um, you're not willing to take that risk once you get into the playoffs. Um, I'll just say this: my cousin did fuck Brett Rippin up one time because they played <laughs> high school, they played high school football against each other. He's from the same city that we're from, Brett Rippin. So, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully he does good, but there's really not high expectations for him. I forgot to mention uh, uh, Jerry Judy. He had a big game last week, 29 points, um, nine targets, eight receptions for 73 yards and three touchdowns. Some of that did come with, with Russell. I think majority of it did, actually. So it's kind of a question mark there. He's still their best playmaker as of right now, but 
I, it's just too hairy of a situation for me to chase those points for Jerry Judy. And I would look for other options. Even if Russ was still in, yeah, I would avoid it. Their passing game is atrocious. Yeah. But now that we know their passing game is going to be horrible, like you said, you know, Latavius Murray becomes a pretty solid option. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on to our next matchup, the New England Patriots taking on the Raiders uh, in Las Vegas. Nice. Um, the over-under is 44.5 points. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday uh, with an ankle injury that he sustained on Monday night football um he's questionable to play on sunday um but you know would have to at least get some sort of practice in to have a chance to play i i really don't think he's gonna play um with the other guys there in the backfield damian harris was backed at practice on wednesday and thursday in a limited fashion um after he's missed the last two games with thigh injury it would seem like he's a must start if he's active and ready to go um on sunday Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and I was watching this Patriots game on Monday night, and when Stevenson went down, their backups did pretty damn good. Kevin Harris came in, and I was like, wait, is Damian Harris back? Because he he was just looking solid. It might be a scheme thing, but the the Patriots know how to run the ball very well. So if Stevenson is out, it wouldn't be a horrible thing to throw a little flyer at either Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris. It seems like Kevin Harris has the upper hand they used him a lot more when stevenson went down but pierre strong also had some real big runs and looked really good the raiders are not very good against the run so right um it, it, it'll definitely be enticing you know keep an eye on Ramondre stevenson and if he's out you'll probably be able to pick up either pierre strong or kevin harris yeah it's for me i think if damian harris is back and healthy i think he's gonna be the workhorse you know with maybe a mix of the other two a little bit but if both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are out, then obviously you're going to see a lot of Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. But it, it's kind of sketchy in the first round of the playoffs trying to pick which guy it's going to be, you know, because we know the New England Patriots. It could be either one that has has a big game, has the hot hand. So yeah, it's that's um that's a definitely a sketchy sketchy start. But if you're in a real pinch, you know, there's an opportunity there to say the least. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys get decent usage and the Patriots end up with over 200 rushing yards. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, Josh Jacobs dealing with the hand and quad injuries that kept him limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, but the team does expect him to be able to play on Sunday, and if he's going, you got to start him because he's, uh, he's been a dog out there. Yeah, definitely. The, the hand injury was him dislocating his finger. It happened last Sunday. He was out for like one play and came back in, still came back and looked really good. Uh, the quad injury, that's something that's been lingering. It, it's kind of like his story for like the last five weeks. You know, limited in practice, plays the entire game. So I'm totally with you. Uh, if he plays, yeah, he's good to go. Obviously, uh, starting Devontae Adams, uh, but the team also designated Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller to come back from the IR. Um, The team now has 21 days to activate uh, the players to the active roster. This could be a major development for the team's playoff push, but uh, if they are activated, do you, you see either player helping out in fantasy this week? 
fantasy wise, no. Um, the only impact I could see that making is if they do play, it does elevate Derek Carr. But I would really be surprised if either one of these guys does see the field this week. It would be nice, but nothing has happened as of Thursday night while we're recording this. They have not activated them. Right. They've been practicing. Um, who knows what will happen on Friday and Saturday. Keep an eye on them if you're really struggling, but I would not put faith in Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller was already struggling before he went down. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough start um, for sure. I mean, if you're desperate at tight end, maybe Darren Waller if he's active, but I'm definitely not starting Hunter Renfro, and I'm not excited to start Darren Waller uh, if he's playing either. So um, definitely uh, temper your expectations with those two if they're even activated. <laughs> Same um, shit, different week, man. It's Josh yeah. Jacobs and Devontae Adams and the Raiders. For it's, sure. Yep. Kills me, but it's true. Derek Carr, you think a uh, startable option? Oh, he's definitely going to be a startable option. I like him this week. Um, we'll get into it more at the end of the episode, but the Patriots, they're good against the run. I think they'll have to lean against the pass. And Carr did have a nice solid streak of uh, having more at least two touchdowns for five straight weeks before he absolutely shit the bed last week. I think they bounce back this week for sure. All right, the Bengals taking on the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Uh, the Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 44. Uh, T. Higgins dealing with that hamstring injury and Tyler Boyd dealing with a finger injury. Uh, both are listed as day-to-day to play this weekend. Um, yeah, I'm hoping T Higgins comes back actually in that league that I have him. I'm, I don't, I have a buy, so never mind. but, um, uh, for everyone else, hopefully T Higgins is back and is healthy, but those hamstrings do linger. Um, if both guys are out, uh, that being Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, is there anyone else you would play outside of Jamar chase in the receiving game for the Bengals? My first reaction would be to lean towards the tight end, Hayden Hurst. Um, me and Tyler talked about this quite a bit on the waiver wire episode, and I can't quite remember, or not the waiver wire episode, we talked about it. Um, you talked about it. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe we did. Yeah, maybe we did. But I remember one of the guys was like extremely unlikely. Maybe it was T. Higgins with his hamstring. Yeah, um, probably. At least at the time. Yeah, it was pregame warm-up, so Tyler Boyd re-aggravated a hamstring injury that was already keeping him out. And oh, I, I said that wrong. T. Higgins re-aggravated his hamstring injury, and Tyler Boyd dislocated a finger. So Tyler Boyd seems more likely to go than T. Higgins. But, I mean, who really knows? you got to really keep that, you know, keep an eye on those guys moving forward. If it's not them, it's apparently somebody named Trenton Irwin. Yeah, Ooh, Trenton Irwin. He scored what a touchdown last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he scored a touchdown last week, but I you wouldn't be relying on on anyone outside of Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon really this week. T. Higgins, if he's good to go, but it is a scary start. But if he does play and he's active, you you kind of have to start him given the upside. But Tyler Boyd, I would definitely avoid unless he's playing and T. Higgins isn't. I'll just say um, this real quick. Uh, I would say, no, yeah, maybe Hayden Hurst. Uh, did not even practice on Thursday, so uh, it's looking rough for him right now. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't rely on anybody else besides Jamar Chase. Uh, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette right now are in a full-blown committee um, for Tampa Bay, and really neither running back has, has taken a lion's share of the workload 
in in recent weeks, ever since really Leonard Fournette went down with an injury and Rashad White made some plays. Um, for me this week, you know, I think you can play both of them. Um, I think Rashad White it offers a little something more than than Leonard Fournette in the passing game and playmaking ability, but Leonard Fournette's still going to get his touches, especially goal line touches. So I think both are playable, um, although I'm not super excited about really playing either one of them right now. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, I do just want to add that Rashad White has been getting more rushing work, so it's it makes me yeah. just, makes me like him a little bit more, and um, which makes me on board with you. But yeah, this really is a full blown committee. In the last two weeks, Fournette has 14 targets. In the last two weeks, Rashad White has 13. It's the only real difference is that Rashad White has been seeing a little bit more rushing work. So he has a little bit more upside. Um, and in the receiving game, Mike Evans has been dreadful. Um, he's now scored less than eight points in five straight games in that time frame. He's the wide receiver 55 and has scored less points than teammate Julio Jones. Um, for me, Sweet. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not starting. Mike Evans, it's really Chris Godwin, um, and nobody else. Yeah, that's how I feel. And I have Chris Godwin in a few leagues, and I am fucking stoked on it. <laughs> um, let's see. That's that's it for that one. Um, yes, Titans and the Chargers uh, in LA. The Chargers are three point favorites. Um, the over under is 47 and a half points. Um, starting on the Titans side of the ball, Traylon Burks still has not passed concussion protocol and did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. It sounds like he's, uh, in pretty good danger of missing his second straight game because of the concussion. Uh, I wouldn't be counting on Traylon Burks, um, this week to play. Um, Derek Henry, as we know, is this Titans offense. Um, he was back with a big game against Jacksonville last week, which is a great sign for fantasy managers uh, because even though he was still being productive, Henry was averaging less than three yards per carry in his previous four games. Uh, but it's King Henry, and you're starting him no matter what, especially against the Chargers who have been not great on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm mostly with you. I think there is a name we should bring up, just with a bit of an asterisk. But you know, Chigazim Akonkwo, Chigazim, yeah. Chigakonkwo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People have been calling him Chig. Yeah, so Chig Akonkwo, uh, technically behind Austin Hooper on the depth chart. You know, in the last two weeks, he has 24 fantasy points. He's been used yep. in a wide receiver role quite a bit. Traylon Burks is he's just not going to play this weekend. He didn't even practice today. We know how it's gone this year with concussion protocol, um, especially after the whole Tua thing. If you get a concussion, you're probably missing the next week. Very few players have actually passed within that week and played the next weekend. Yeah. So he's worth throwing out there at tight end. I, I almost made it my tight end start of the week. Uh, he does look good. Yeah, I think I think you can absolutely start Chig. Um, I think this team is going to look to get him more involved as the season um, comes to a close here. I think they, I think they truly found something with him. So uh, right now he's really their best weapon, you know, um, in the passing game. So, yep. 
I'd be happy to start him. Um, on the other side of the ball, Mike Williams uh, made it through last week's game without re-injuring his ankle and absolutely killed it. I think he was six for six, 116 yards, um, and made some absolute incredible catches. Um, just a beast out there. And now he's getting the worst passing defense in the league. Um, that is the Tennessee Titans next week or this week. Um, uh, so Tyler wrote on our, on our doc here, he said, so is it just <laughs> me or does it feel like he's about to be, uh, is about to big Mike this thing and put up a dud of a game. And I said, no. Okay. I thought he wrote no. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. No. You wrote that. Okay. Yeah. In big, bold letters. I, I think he has another big game. Um, you know, Keenan Allen is healthy as well. Um, you know, this, this offense has kind of got all of its pieces finally for the first time really all season. And as we all saw, Justin Herbert, maybe a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He was uh, on fire last week against the Dolphins. And I think that continues this week. I think he tears up the Titans. And I think Mike Williams has a big game. Keenan, too. Oh, I don't know about Keenan, too. But I'm with the Mike Williams train for sure. I'm riding with that one. I love it. If he's healthy and can make it through the game, he's going to have a good one. So if you had Keenan on any of your teams, you wouldn't be starting him? Depending on my roster layout, um, I might flex him. Against the Titans? The Titans do suck, but let's just say, you know, they are winning most of the game. The um, I'm missing the word right now. Not the game plan, but, you know, uh, they might be playing from ahead quite a bit. So, you know, throwing a little bit less. So if I had to put my money on anybody, it'd be Mike Williams. Um, I think you can start both though. Um, and Gerald Everett, the tight end, didn't have a big game last week, but does have 14 targets over the last two games. I think he's startable against the Titans because of their porous pass defense. Um, although I, you know, I don't think he's a, a, a credible start. I think he's a top 12 tight end this week. Which is all oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely with you. He continues to get solid work and solid amount of targets, which is all you can really hope from a tight end at this point. All right, the uh, Giants taking on the Commanders in Washington. The Commanders are four and a half point favorites. The over under is forty and a half points. This is the Sunday night football game. Uh, both these teams coming off a bye last week did play each other um, the week before. So basically two games in a row that they're playing each other, um, which is interesting. Uh, but starting on the Giants side of the ball, it's really Saquon um, and nobody else, right? Yeah, that's how it's been. Uh, Richie James is an interesting, if you're really struggling at receiver, he is interesting because he has been dominating the target share and putting out some decent games. Uh, he kind of emerged out of nowhere, but uh, I've been looking at his target share for the last couple of weeks, and he's... Uh, by far the most targeted person on this offense. It is a weak passing offense, but if someone does have a majority share in an offense, they should be worth a look. And on the other side of the ball, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson were limited at practice on Wednesday and Thursday with injuries. Uh, a little concerning coming off 
the bye week, but both players are on track to play on Sunday. Um, they're still splitting snaps pretty evenly, but Robinson has been much more productive back in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, is this kind of how you expect this backfield to play out again this week? This backfield is frustrating because, you know, Brian Robinson should be the guy getting all the work. And he deserves it. Even in the last two weeks, he didn't even play 50% of the offensive snaps, put up RB1 slash two numbers. Like, he's definitely worth a start. I just wish he got the ball a little bit more. Yeah. It's it's scary um, starting either one of these guys for me right now. Um, I think, you know, hopefully you're, you're not in a position where you feel like you have to. Maybe you have some different options you can pivot to. Um, I would say I'm not looking to start either one of these guys at, you know, in the playoffs round one. Hopefully there's someone else with a little bit more upside and opportunity um, that you can throw in. Well, I'd feel comfortable having him as a RB2, Brian Robinson. But it yeah. definitely it can be a little scary. Speaking yeah. of scary. Scary Terry. Um, big game. Last time these two uh, teams met, I think he had like 12 targets. Um, Curtis Samuel also had a pretty decent game. Um, I think he had something like seven or six targets. But for me, uh, for this week, for the stage, given that it's, you know, win or go home, um, the only guy I really want to start is is Scary Terry. I think he's going to get hyper-targeted again from Heineke. That's what Heineke does. Um, so, yeah, I would I would start Scary Terry, and that's that's probably it. What a transition, though. Probably one of the best transitions I've ever been yeah. part of. That was, that was uh, pro. Not too shabby, but yeah, I'm totally with you. Curtis Samuel, he did have a decent game against the Jets or the Giants, um, but that was the first time he had more than four targets since week seven. Way inconsistent. Scary Terry is consistent, and that's what you want to roll with, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, you know Heineke's gonna gonna throw it up there and let him, you know, go make some plays. So um, I like Scary Terry a lot, actually, um, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday night football, the Rams taking on the Packers in green Bay. Uh, Packers are seven point favorites right now. The over under is 39 and a half points. It's supposed to be incredibly cold. Uh, very, very cold, um, in, in Lambeau on Monday night. Um, how cold, how cold is cold though? I, I think it's getting pretty close to zero estimation. I'm not even sure, but I know it's supposed to be really cold. Uh, I'm getting cocky up here in the Northwest because, goddamn, it's been 20 degrees here for weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, let's see. Oh, the it's low. Beautiful. The low is 14 degrees right now for Green Bay on Monday. Oh, bunch of pusses, dude. It was 33 degrees the other day, and I was like, I'm about to put on some fucking swim trunks. <laughs> it gets cold there. Uh, Baker Mayfield is set to get the start after leading the team to a come from behind victory, uh, despite only being on the roster for 52 hours, um, for fantasy purposes, he's been pretty mediocre. Um, uh, at least he was last week. Really? Is there anyone in this offense that you would be trusting in your lineups for the first round of the playoffs? There is not, no. I like how he added uh, 
that part about him leading the team to a comeback victory, despite being on the roster for only 52 hours. That was against the Raiders. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, fuck you, Tyler, even though you're not here. I hope you hear this. I don't want to think about that ever again. Yeah. You know, I would love to say you can start Cam Akers against the Packers because their defense has not been able to stop the run, but Cam Akers has been not good either. So, um, really, there's there's no one I'm I'm trusting in my lineup from this offense. Um, on well, the other I, side I, of the ball, let me let me just say this real quick before we go to the Packers. Their offense did look a lot better with Baker Mayfield back there. Big difference from Matt Stafford, which is crazy to say. Yeah, he was on the team for, like, like he said, less than 52 hours, and they moved the ball pretty damn well. So, yeah, they look better than they have been all season. Yeah, sometimes that happens when you when you play the Raiders, you know. Ah, fuck you. It was a good game. <laughs> but the Rams, they looked better. It's not like they looked great, but they had a pretty low standard before that with Matt Stafford at quarterback. So, I would not be surprised if they – if everyone produces a little bit more on this offense. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, um, the bye week seems to have done Aaron Jones some good as he's no longer on the injury report with the shin injury that he was uh, dealing with for most of the season. Um, oh. So he's full go against, um, you know, the Rams and Aaron Darnold. Um, a sin injury. I know all about those. He's been sinning, sinning big time. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Shout out to the devil. I'm kidding. (laughs) So for me, I mean, the only must starts um, on the Packers are going to be Aaron Jones, I think, and Christian Watson. Uh, Those are the two guys I want to I want to start. Tyler did pose the question of do you think Aaron Jones will still give RB1 numbers or expect more of an RB2 output? And I get that, you know, the Rams have have Aaron Donald and a pretty good defense. But at this point, the Rams really are only playing for pride. Like they have nothing to play for. And I just, I don't think you're going to get Rams their hundred percent effort um, with nothing to play for. So I, I think Aaron Jones has a big game. I, th- I think you get RB one numbers out of him. Um, and I think Christian Watson keeps up the streak. I mean, he's, he's the dude on this team right now and should be moving forward and so he should get his targets and he can he can really take any short pass and turn it into a 60 yard touchdown yeah i'm totally with you on the aaron jones thing and the christian watson thing too it's the numbers the way i've been approaching you know numbers in fantasy football my whole life tell me to temper expectations but he keeps doing it again and again the big plays keep coming so at one point you have to just you know just acknowledge the fact that yeah it might not be a fluke he's really fast man <laughs> he's a freak for sure um so i think you start both those guys um i know aj dillon had a pretty good game the last time we saw this team but i'm not um i'm not risking it uh with you know what we've seen from him all season it has not been great and i'm not risking starting him um you know, week one of the fantasy playoffs. Um, the other receivers, Alan Lazard, um, you know, he's there still. Uh, Romeo Dobbs expected to play after missing the last four games with an ankle injury. But uh, I don't want to play either one of those guys at this point. Now, nah, the only one I have faith in is Christian Watson. 
Um, yeah. Well, the other guys might get a touchdown, yeah, but it's like just throw a dart between Lazard, Dubs, and uh, yeah, Dobbs, whatever. And who's the old man on the team? I forgot his name. Um, Alan Lazard? No, with the history with Aaron Rodgers. Um, oh, the receiver. Cobb. Yeah, Randall Cobb. Yeah, it's going to be one of those three guys that probably catch a touchdown. But, I mean, come on. You're taking a gamble at that point. Yeah. It's way too risky. Um, all right. That's all our matchups. Let's uh, dive into the starts of the week for week oh. one playoffs. The time has come. All right. I'll uh, I'll kick us off, I guess, at the quarterback position. I'm taking Dak the quarterback versus the Jaguars. The Jaguars are 25th against fantasy quarterbacks, giving up 19 points per game. Um, I know the last few weeks have been pretty underwhelming for Dak, mostly due to the five interceptions he has thrown uh, over the last three weeks. But this is a great matchup, and I think Dak has a big blow-up week um, this week, week 15, against the Jags with, with all his weapons. Yeah, he's definitely a good starter. He's uh he's interesting for sure, especially against this horrible, you know, pass defense in the Jaguars. My quarterback start of the week is going to be Derek Carr versus the Patriots. Probably the third or fourth time I've chosen this season. Oh, so no. god damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, we've talked about this before though. Our starts of the week are guys that are worth starting. Top twelve guys, you know, if it's a tight end or a quarterback, top twenty four, if it's a running back or receiver. Uh, top 12 it's a defense and i do the defenses but yeah so Derek carr versus the patriots i think he's gonna be top 12 quarterback this week for sure i know last week he had a really bad game we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode but he did have five straight games of at least two touchdowns before he had that horrible game last week and this week he does play new england whose defense is very strong against the run so they might do pretty solid against josh jacobs definitely worth starting still josh jacobs and they're vulnerable through the air if you look at the New England's pass defense, it looks like they're pretty strong. But then you look at the quarterbacks they played and the offenses they played, they've had a pretty easy schedule this year. And and just in case, you know, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller return this week, it's even more reason to like Derek Carr. I, I easily I think Derek Carr has two hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns, which should put him in the top twelve quarterback situation. Right on. One last time, right? <laughs> last ride baby well well we got like three more weeks of episodes so hopefully i don't <laughs> yeah. fucking do it again um tyler's uh start of the week at quarterback was mike white versus the lions which i like this pick honestly um mm-hmm. he said everything's pointing towards mike white being able to play on sunday he has had he has a great matchup against the lions who are giving up the most points to quarterbacks on the season and just let kirk cousins throw for 425 yards against them a little concerned about the weather affecting his passing game, or this passing game um, in this matchup, but fuck it. Mike White gets it done this week. <laughs> it's easy to say fuck it if you're not actually here. <laughs> <laughs> fuck uh, it, Mike White. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a good pick um, against the Lions. I think he has a big game. And speaking of the Jets, you know, Garrett Wilson, I think, is an absolute must start. And I honestly, I think you can start Elijah Moore. I know Corey Davis is out this week, Corey, and mm-hmm. Elijah Moore has been getting more and more involved. The Lions do get killed by slot receivers, so it's a it's a little bit, you know, 
uh, nerve wracking, but I think I think Elijah Moore is in play. Um, all right, I'm going to go to the running back position here and I am taking a guy that's been super disappointing for like the last month and a half. Um, but so managers might be, you know, um, nervous to start him, but I think you should absolutely start him this week. Alvin Kamara against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are giving up 25 points per game to running backs and Mark Ingram is out on IR. The Saints did pick up Eno Benjamin, who everyone hates, and also have David Johnson on the roster as well. <laughs> but I'm not worried about either of those guys taking any significant touches away from Alvin Kamara. Um, like I said, he's been dreadful the last five weeks, so I'm sure there are some people out there that are hesitant to start him. Uh, but I'm absolutely firing him up. I think he's a must-start given the opportunity and the matchup um, I believe he has a workhorse role this week. Yeah, and kind of a little cherry on top of that, you know, the Falcons are starting Desmond Ritter for the first time, and if things don't go right for the Falcons, it could be a real rough game, which means Alvin Kamara just gets even more touches if they're playing from the lead, and you know they have a favorable. Yeah. Um, what word have I been trying to think of this whole time? A game script? Am I, is that what? It, yeah. <laughs> probably. Okay. Yeah. God, a favorable game script. Yeah. If they're winning, Alvin Kamara gets more touches, which is pretty likely. Desmond Ritter's first start of the year for the Falcons. So yeah, I see this happening. I'm with that one. Um, my running back start of the week is going to be Isaiah Pacheco versus the Texans. Every single week that we've done this, we have started a running back versus the Texans. <laughs> it's a, it's an easy. It's an easy one. You got to do it's, it. It's a fucking layup at this point. The the worst, I think the least amount of points per game the Texans have allowed all year, um, and this is just in standard leagues, is 13 points per game. One time, I think it was a couple weeks ago, they held um, the Dolphins to 60 yards and a touchdown total in their running back backfield. Other than that, total free-for-all. They are so horrible against the run. So... Isaiah Pacheco, I like him. The only downfall really is that he's still splitting work with Jerick McKinnon. It's about 50-50. Jerick McKinnon's getting mostly the receiving work, but Isaiah Pacheco's receiving work is also increasing at the same time, and he's still the one who's mainly running the ball. So I'm rolling yeah. with him against the Texans. You have to. Yeah, I really like that pick. And some people might be hesitant just because of Jarek McKinnon having the big game last week. But, you know, Andy Reid in this offense, they like to, you know, uh, attack defenses at their weakest point. And that's why, you know, the hot hands are always changing almost week to week. And this game really projects out to be a rushing attack, uh, an Isaiah Pacheco game, because Houston just can't stop the run. Um, last week they played Denver, who can stop the run. And, you know, they pivoted to using McKinnon out of the backfield and let him go make some big plays. And that's exactly what happened. And um, it worked. So I, I expect Andy Reid to dial up the runs for Isaiah. And, and we've seen him, you know, uh, the ability that he has. He can really take the top off of defense. So I think he has a big game for sure let, against Houston. Let me drive that point home. You know, it's the biggest spread of the week twice in a row a team against Houston but a 14 point spread that they assume they, yeah. they think that the Chiefs are going to win by 14 so once again game script comes up they should be running the goddamn ball because they're going to be beating the shit out of the Texans 
we'll see what happens, but things are definitely pointing up really high for Pacheco. For sure. Uh, Tyler, Big Herbie's running back of the week is Latavius Murray, the running back for the Denver Broncos uh, versus the Cardinals. Uh, with Brett Rippon likely to get the start for the Broncos, they will be reliant on Murray to take the pressure off. Luckily, the Cardinals are one of the 10 worst defenses against the run. Uh, Murray will have his best game of the season this week, says Tyler. Yeah, definitely. I like, I like the pick. Yeah, I think I think Murray has a big game. I think he's a must start this week. Once again, a game script thing, and um, well, I guess not really a game script thing, but they have to run the ball, and Latavius Murray is the person that they run the ball with. So it, I think it, it's pretty obvious at this point. Definitely got to start him. All right, um, at receiver, I am going with wide receiver Michael Pittman of the. Indianapolis Colts versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Pittman has not been good, uh, at least not what we expected out of him this year. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of issues with the team, as we've known, as we've seen all year, and Matt Ryan, and so on and so forth. But I think this week, the opportunity, the matchup, um, just screams for Pittman having a big game. Um, The Vikings are 31st in points given up to fantasy wide receivers. So if you've been keeping him on your bench, I believe you can finally plug him back in this week. Um, this is a nice little um, statistic from Ian Hartitz uh, via Twitter. The Vikings defense versus wide receivers aligned on the outside, according to PFF. Passing yards allowed 32nd. Explosive pass play rate 32nd. Yards per attempt 32nd. And passer rating also 32nd. So that is the last in the NFL and all of those uh, statistics. So Pittman is the wide receiver one. I, you know, this the, that little gem there um, could also mean that Alex Pierce could be in play here, but I think Pittman has to have a big game against this, this defense. His name is Alec Pierce. Put some respect on his name. What did I say, but Alex? <laughs> you did say Alex, but fuck, close enough. Uh, yeah, so Michael Pittman, what, 200 yards, three touchdowns? Were we going to see some moss shit? I, <laughs> I hope so. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, I definitely him, would be. I got him starting in one league, and uh, I definitely could use that because I've been benching him for the last four weeks or whatever. So, Same here. Yeah, I would like to see it, especially going into the playoffs, if I can have a little bit more faith in him. And you might have convinced me to throw him in my lineup. I'm, I'm debating between him and Devonta Smith in one of my leagues right now. And his his matchup is definitely looking a lot more saucy. But my wide receiver start of the week, this is probably the deepest reach I've had all year at wide receiver, but I'm going for it. Chris Moore, uh, he's a receiver Jeez. for the Texans. Yeah, Reaching well, deep of, into the depths of the uh, oh, wide receiver landscape <laughs> there. Almost knocked my mic over. I was... So shocked. <laughs> Somewhat deep. Um, he did have a career game last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Sheesh, right? But um, that wasn't against the Chiefs. But this week, he's, he is playing the Chiefs. And we talked about this already a little bit. But Las Vegas is heavily favoring Kansas City by 14 points, which is, you know, we all know that's happening. Rightfully so. So Houston should be playing from behind a lot, which means they're going to be throwing the ball more. Gain script, once again, it's the key word of the podcast. Um, 
his career game last week did come without Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. This week, Brandon Cooks is probably going to come back, and Nico Collins is probably not going to play. So I see uh, Chris Moore having a pretty good game against Kansas City, who is the fourth worst in the league, giving up 163 yards and just under two touchdowns a week to receivers. I think Chris Moore, a solid stat line that I'm seeing is like maybe, you know, eight catches and 90 yards, something like that, which would put him in a starting receiver category. Right on. Um, Big Herb's wide receiver start of the week is Chris Alave versus the Falcons. He says these, this Saints passing offense is mediocre at best, but Alave is the lone bright spot in it and gets great work every single week. Alave's very uh, first professional game was against the Falcons. He had three targets for three receptions of 41 yards. Not a great game by any means, but he was not the number one wide receiver uh, on the team in week one. It was Michael Thomas, and all Thomas did was have eight targets for five receptions, 57 yards, and two tuds. Uh, now Tyler believes it is Alave's turn, and he will take advantage. Mark and his he's, words. <laughs> he, he's right, man. I think so Once too. he took over, he's start. he's been a, like pretty much a must-start every week. Yep. Very worthy. Even with uh, the Red Rocket. Not so much a rocket throwing him, uh, throwing him the ball. He doesn't look too bad, honestly. He's worth, you know, he's he's worthy enough. Throw the enough. ball to old Chris. Yeah, uh, my tight end start of the week. It's going to be Greg D. Greg Dolchich versus the Arizona Cardinals. This is a hundred percent a matchup pick, um, and Greg D. does have ability, but um, I. I obviously do not trust in the quarterback situation at all in Denver, but um, I trust in them enough as professional football players to at least be able to get Greg Dolchis the ball in playing against the team that's absolutely been burned by tight ends all year long, giving up 19 points per game to the tight end position, uh, which is three points more than the second worst team which is a large gap in points per game <laughs> statistics. Um, so, yes, Russ is terrible, and I don't think it matters if Rippon is playing either. Um, they have to look to take advantage of this matchup at the tight end position like every other team has done to the Cardinals all year. Greg Dolchich should have a big game. Yeah, I'm with you there, and we talked about this a lot in the podcast over here in the last you know, a season and a half that we've done this podcast, rookie quarterbacks like tight ends is a nice security blanket. And he already is pretty involved in this offense. So it would not be a surprise if he gets a good amount of work. If Brett Rippon does play, which he's going to Russell Wilson's not going to come back. Calling it right here, right now. The concussion protocol is too iffy. Now they're not going to let him come back. Yeah, he shouldn't. So, yeah, well, yeah, he probably shouldn't. Let's just see somebody else do something because he is not doing shit for anybody, fantasy-wise. My tight end start of the week is going to be David Njoku versus the Ravens. Njoku has been dealing with some injuries this year, but when he is healthy, he is completely solid. And obviously, Dude's a there's freak, been a... man. He's oh, definitely a freak. a freak. And it's nice to see uh, things come around for him because he's been very inconsistent during his career as far as I can remember. And obviously there's been a quarterback change in Cleveland. 
with Deshaun Watson now starting, but his usage didn't change with that quarterback change. Last week, he had nine targets, seven catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Played like 96% of the snaps, I believe. And he's basically been putting that stat line up all year with uh, Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback. So, um, I don't know if you can expect another touchdown, but seven catches and 59 yards for a tight end. That's a starter right there. Yeah, I don't know if um, you saw this game at all last week, um, but it was kind of weird because Deshaun Watson was not targeting Njoku until, like, really until, like, the fourth quarter. And then almost all of this production basically came on one drive um, at late in the game, like at the end of the game. And so it was it was kind of weird. I don't know if someone got in Watson's ear and said, hey, you should probably utilize the freak that we have at tight end that we've been using all year and throw him the, the damn ball. And he finally did. And Njoku made some some nice plays. So hopefully they go to him a lot sooner in, in this game against the Ravens. I think he's a great start at tight end. I think he's guaranteed top 10 finish um, this week. And yeah, we wouldn't joke you about it, you know. No, <laughs> no, no joking about it, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, um, no jokingly, um, Tyler also <laughs> had <laughs> David Njoku as his tight end start of the week. So you guys copycatted each other. Um, and I guess I'll just um, say what Tyler had written down here real quick. Deshaun Watson has not been great in his return to playing, but he has found a quick connection with Njoku in their lone game together last week. They connected for seven catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown. I see Watson relying on Njoku again this week as a way to keep this offense moving. He also believes Njoku will be a top 10 tight end this week for sure. Yes, All right, sir. so that just leaves us with the best part of the show, the last. <laughs> the, we saved the best for last, and that is um, if you're trying to figure out a defense to maybe pick up or play this week, we give you Stinky's Defenses of the Week. Thank you for the intro. I appreciate it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of good defenses to play. I, I say this most times when we uh, – talk about my defense of the week i don't give you the obvious ones i'm trying to give you ones that you can most likely pick up off of your waiver wire if you're looking for a defense this week so i got two the first one's going to be the chiefs versus the texans <laughs> i got two for you bud <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the chiefs versus the texans chiefs defense looks pretty good because just like houston's running game which is the worst in the or run defense game is the worst in the league. They're also the worst offense against defenses in the league. They give up almost 15 fantasy points per game to any defense that plays them. And the Chiefs, they're nothing special, but the Texans are an absolute goldmine when it comes to playing any defense against them. So the Chiefs are looking pretty damn good this week. My other defense of the week is going to be the Washington Commanders versus the Giants. Unsurprised, they're still available. They're available in, you know, 75% of leagues. They're barely rostered. It makes no sense to me. Since week four, Washington has not given up more than 21 points in a game. They're wow. an incredibly good defense. No one's talking about it. And their their yards per game is also surprisingly low. They don't give a lot of yards per game. And in the last four weeks, fantasy-wise, they have 51 fantasy points. 
couple of those games are like 14 point performances. Just like tight ends, it's pretty hard to start a defense and be confident in them. You're hoping for at least like seven points. And that's basically what they give you. They're incredibly consistent. And in Sleeper, what I was looking at in Sleeper, it, they're rostered only 16% of leagues. Wow. It makes absolutely no sense to me. This is an extremely strong defense, really against anybody. They, they've been incredibly consistent. You should definitely trust the commanders. If you can get a hold of them, just hold on to them for the playoffs. They've been on fire. Do you know off the top like what their next few games look like, who they're playing? Just out of curiosity. Not, I can look not at the moment, but I can pull it up right now. So They play yeah, San playing. Francisco next week and then Cleveland. Not a horrible matchup going into the playoffs. San Francisco, tough, but Cleveland for sure. Um, but yeah, for this week against the Giants, you know. Since week seven, they haven't allowed more than 330 points per game. The only thing, their only downfall is the fact they don't get a lot of sacks or interceptions, which help bolster, you know, defensive units, right. fantasy points. But, you know, I, th- I believe Chase Young is back. And in the last five games, they do have five interceptions. So things are turning around for them. They've always been consistent, but now they're finally getting turnovers. The sacks aren't really there. But, I mean, if you're going to roll with a team that's going to perform for you and get you a solid seven points defensively, this is where you want to go, hands down. For sure. That's a good pick. Um, I like it. All right. Well, that'll do it for our late games and our starts of the week. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers. If you have any questions, start or sit or who should you start questions, you can hit us up on there and we will be sure to get back to you. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, if you can like subscribe, we really appreciate that. Um, ratings of only five stars or higher, um, are required. (laughs) So (laughs) six out of five. We appreciate the love, um, as and as always, for listening. We appreciate that um, the most. So uh, good luck in your playoffs, and uh, we will see you next week for another waiver wire episode, another playoff waiver wire episode, and then our starts of the week and matchups for week 16. Let's go win some chips, boys. Hell yeah. Thank you for listening, and yeah, definitely good luck. And hopefully you keep listening because you're still alive in the playoffs. Hell yeah. Get get that money, boo-boo. <laughs>